episode of Weekly Pop. My name is Emma Sasek, and I'm a reporter with the Desert Sun in Palm Springs. And I'm Kevin Schwaller, a digital producer at Spectrum News in Milwaukee. And we're back. And better than ever, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dying like last week, so I'm like, woohoo, let's Much record better. a podcast. <laughs> yes, although you still had a very fun and exciting weekend. Yeah, I'm actually like this was like three consecutive week weeks of having extra days off and now that's over and I'm actually really like the Sunday scaries are like <laughs> the all-time high right now yeah they're back it's... baby <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no they can they can stay where they were <laughs> I also have been having weird schedules we don't have to digress into that but we have <laughs> things going on at work uh, but I do have many days off next week randomly again so I'll get to be lazy too great yeah <laughs> So we both have seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which literally everybody else too. Wait, is it across the Spider-Verse? It's across the (laughs) Spider-Verse. I mean, we did see that one too. We did. (laughs) It's hard to keep track of which one this is at this point, but we saw that one like five years ago. And then we just saw this one too. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's what it's beyond the Spider-Verse. I said that's the next one. Honestly, the Spider-Verse is somewhere and it's it, it confuses me as to where we are with it into across Ooh. beyond somewhere. Wait, there's a female focused spinoff called Spider-Woman in development. Oh, the more you know. All right. Well, I like this. <laughs> uh, Emma and I, we talked about this before, but we don't really care about superhero movies, but mm-hmm. we both agreed. I think I mean, honestly, I think anyone that saw the first movie thinks it's one of the best like anim- animated movies of all time, probably one of the best superhero movies of all time. Yeah. So when they announced that they were making a trilogy, you know, we're, <laughs> we're here for it. We're excited. And I'm happy that it came out. <laughs> <laughs> and they did as well as they did the first time. Some are saying even better than the first time. I don't think so I do actually like a lot of the animation that they do with this one I feel like that is way better than the first one but story-wise I prefer the first film just because as we both learned while watching this this is only a part one and I did not know that really going into it no 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 we did not Um, which makes sense when there were some points where we were like why is there no conclusion to this why are we still going <laughs> <laughs> but no like you pointed out like i mean this has to be one of the prettiest movies i've ever oh my god seen. <laughs> i know i also just watching it at one point honestly probably like 10 minutes into watching it i was thinking how did they do any of this this mm-hmm. is so complicated mm-hmm Well, and I guess we'll get into a little bit later, too, with, like, the development of the third movie. But I'm assuming that it takes this long to make these movies because of the animation (laughs) and all the visual effects that go into it. Because, my God. Also, like, Andrew Garfield, them using him and Donald Glover was in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how does this work? (laughs) I don't know. I am just wondering, are the animators huffing crack or something before they start each shift to, like figure out how to do all of this animation i genuinely do not understand how you go from one style to another in not even five seconds and then sometimes having four five different ones all in the same scene everything everywhere all at once yes. but it's just different kinds of animation <laughs> <laughs> well with this movie if you've seen the first one it pretty much follows the same characters. So you have Miles Morales as the main Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy as Spider-Woman. Those two are voiced by 
Shamik Moore and Haley Steinfeld uh, and a host of other people like Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, whose voice I can just identify immediately. <laughs> immediately. I did the same thing. I was like, oh, it's Issa. <laughs> uh, Daniel Kalua, also whose voice I recognized right away, and Oscar Isaac. So amazing cast. The first movie basically showed us that there is a multitude of spider people out there in the world, <laughs> which includes both animals and people of all genders and shapes and sizes and this and that. And this film basically continues to expand upon that. We follow a little bit more of Miles's life in terms of how he is an angsty teenager and doesn't really care to like spend time with his family. He's obviously hiding this big secret from his family and doesn't want that to get out. That we also see a little bit of Gwen's world where she is hiding her secret as well from her dad and how that gets hard to keep and what happens when her dad finds out. And then a whole lot of other stuff happens that is very <laughs> hard to explain. And kind of like what we're talking about with the animation, apparently they started working on the visual effects slash animation for this back in 2020. Oh my god. So it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I know. The the first one came out in 2018 or something yes. like that. Like it's been five years, I remember. Mm -hmm. Um holy shit, yeah, three years. Apparently it's also the longest animated film ever produced by an American studio. And I mean it was long, oh, so <laughs> yeah. Two hours and fifteen minutes. Huh, interesting. I didn't realize that either. I Wikipedia can teach us all a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's made like millions upon millions at the box office. I'm I'm sure of that. I think it's already in like the top 10 most uh, successful movies of 2023. And it came out last, what, last week? <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> I hope everybody got a nice raise. And yeah, I'm seeing it here. It had a budget of about $100 million with a box office of nearly $400 million. Yeah, they're all getting nice raises. <laughs> mm -hmm. You and I both like specifically really love Haley Seinfeld. And yes. I miss her so much. I know. When I heard her voice, I was like, oh, yeah, Haley. And I was like, what's she been up to? I know. I, I, we both love her in Edge of Seventeen, which mm -hmm. is a fabulous movie, which we talked about during the... Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Podcast oh, yes. it's by the same director. Love her in that role. Uh, watch Dickinson on Apple TV, which is she, which she's very good in too. But yeah, I, I miss seeing her. I haven't seen her in a movie in in quite some time. She released a new song a couple. I want to say about a month ago. I want to say, oh, but okay. um, I, I don't know. You know, we don't we don't know much about that one. <laughs> That's not gonna cut it for me, Haley. I need to see you. <laughs> no, really, I need more. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's just something about this specific franchise that we are both really invested in. I think when they announced the first one early, I think when people first started seeing the first one, it was getting amazing reviews. And we were like, do we need to see this movie? And right. then we did. <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, it's nice because it's not directly owned and overseen by Marvel. Because as uh, Sam has explained to me, Marvel used to have Spider-Man and then they sold it to Sony or yes. Fox or something like that. And so yes. now they're like, now they were like, fuck. <laughs> well, when they made the live action 
the last one where they're all in it right um there was like a huge controversy because tom holland he was like begging to be in the movies yeah, right like sony didn't want to give up the rights or something like that mm -hmm, or they didn't mm -hmm. want to renegotiate so they had like reached a major agreement for between disney and um sony for him to continue being spider-man literally and... crying please mr <laughs> marvel let me do this <laughs> And I like, um, I mean, that one was fun, but it, it kind of copied the same premise, you know, as this kind of, as the series with yeah. the multiverse and all that. Yeah. But it was cool to see uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in like really small little cameos in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but uh, Spider-Man was like the only superhero movie I cared about growing up, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess like The Dark Knight, but that's. I don't know. I feel like everyone likes that movie. <laughs> right. And that came like definitely when we were teenagers. Yeah. And like the Tobey Maguire movies, like that was pure us being like seven, eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> and those were like really the only, and X-Men, I guess, but I didn't care about those. <laughs> but no, th uh, this apparently also is the highest rated film on IMDb, superhero movie on IMDb. Wow. Uh, currently with a 9.1. The only thing right under it is The Dark Knight, actually, with 9.0. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the first then it's the first fighter verse movie and then a bunch of avengers movies and you know all those but yeah i don't know i think i think this movie just really or this franchise the series really is just so self-aware but at the same time you can tell that they're really dedicated to telling the story and kind of mm -hmm. i guess just kind of seeing what like it feels like they're just like throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah. but all, all of it sticks you know <laughs> yeah well i feel like uh in the marvel movies that i've seen they're so formulaic and mm -hmm. even if they try to like dive into a character's life it's so surface level mm -hmm. but these movies it just seems like yeah they actually care about these characters and they want to do a good job telling the story and even if it might still be you know good guy versus bad guy gotta do this gotta defeat evil it's it just it seems like it's done in a new way that it's actually refreshing to watch and mm -hmm. I don't know. They're not trying to be like overly funny, like how some Marvel movies like really try to be like every other sentence has to be funny or sarcastic or whatever. This just seems more natural. And, you know, just, yeah, I would laugh at that because it is funny rather than yeah. being forced to laugh at something. Yeah, it's and as considering it's an anime movie and it's a lot more, I think, mature than most of the yeah. superhero movies out there. It's just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's and great. Just, and visually interesting to watch mm -hmm. more than the usual CGI stuff and what humans can do versus animation where it's you have an entire canvas to do whatever you want with it. And they yeah. do it in this movie. I mean, uh, in the first hour of the film, it's more so Miles, as we said, going through his day to day life and not being as excited about it. We see Gwen coming into his life and he's super excited because he has a huge crush on her. And then he uh, realizes that she's part of some secret group that he really wants to join in on. Later, we see that that group is kind of this huge, I guess, conference convergence of all the spider people in the Spider-Verse. And that's when the movie gets really interesting to me, because that's when you see all these different types of spider people, like Daniel Kaluuya's character, Spider-Punk, who is my favorite of this movie. Mm -hmm. I adore him and how snarky he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was Jason Schwartzman was the spot, the evil yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. I really liked that character. I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. and, and like they... kind of seeing him start off so unserious and joking, and then his powers 
strengthen and he yeah kinda, I was just about to say the same thing it's ugh, he was so fun like <laughs> yeah, I'm just like very, we're all rooting for you baby <laughs> <laughs> just very clumsy and mm. oh where is this like gonna go blah 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 and then yeah it builds upon itself and it becomes this evil mass destructive force that I do not know how they're supposed to stop him good luck <laughs> no no <laughs> Because what, what, by like halfway through, he can like fully go through the entire multiverse. <laughs> Sounds like a regular afternoon. <laughs> uh, and then there's Spider-Man India, which was mm. very fun. That was voiced by Karan Sony, who also has a very distinctive voice. And he made me laugh with his fun jokes and quirky characteristics and... Yeah, I saw my fave, Porky the Pig, at the end, and <laughs> and film noir Spider-Man. So I just love all these different characters that I guess they all exist in the comic books, which, holy fucking mm-hmm. shit, I don't know how they did that. No, no. I also, I like that each of the Spider-Men have, like, kind of different animation styles, too. Mm-hmm. And so seeing them all in one scene, it's just, like, mind-blowing at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like Daniel Kaluuya's Spider-Punk. He's supposed to be, he's like a Camden, very British man with Daniel's voice. And he's supposed to be like reminiscent of the 1970s rock punk era from London. So that was cool to see that character. We were talking about this a little bit before the we started recording, but the next movie is supposed to come out next March, which is a quick turnaround. And Haley Steinfeld recently said that she hasn't, started recording any lines for it so <laughs> i'm i mean but if they already announced it so far in advance then they probably have been working on it for yeah but just kind of like since this was a very big cliffhanger second you know f- you know first first of two parts film i don't i hope they are i mean i, I don't know i have faith in them there's no reason this would the next one would flop by any means but yeah. I, it's, I just we just don't want them to like feel rushed you know because then mm-hmm. that, that enters the marvel they're just cranking these out to get them out versus like taking yeah. time with your babies. <laughs> yeah, because was there a was there a quick turnaround between like Infinity War versus Endgame, or did they kind of take a little bit of time with that one? I want to say there was a year. Yeah, I because Infinity like... War came out like right before Endgame, like directly before. So I don't yeah. think there was that much um time. And it's actually speaking of that, it's so funny seeing Elizabeth Olsen just be like, "Yeah, I don't miss making these movies." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I finally finished watching Love and Death and mm. she ate uh but in all of these interviews I just love how unapologetically bitchy she is especially when it comes to Marvel yeah Megan Flan- Flannery's character was like that must be so hard and she's like no no I don't fucking care <laughs> she's like I'll come back if they want me to and if not well mm. we did some good stuff yeah whatever <laughs> But no, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I don't think there's any actual real concern over the, this last movie not being as great as the its predecessors. But yeah, I'm guessing since it probably doesn't take too long to record these voice entries, I feel like that process should be finished up real quickly. But then you have to actually animate the characters' mouths to look like they are saying those things. And I feel like that would take some time. I don't know. I guess it's weird. I'm really surprised that they, one, are doing it super fast because I could wait another year. I mean, I'm not not necessarily dying to see how the story ends. So I don't feel like they need to necessarily rush. But also, I guess if you can 
crank it out that fast cool good good yeah. for you <laughs> if, if you're able to then do it it's just you know we don't want to um i guess unravel like this really i, I want to say prestigious it's really <laughs> like these two f- first films are excellent movies yeah so you still want to unravel like amazing you don't want to do you don't want to game of thrones it <laughs> and ruin it all in mm. <laughs> with the last entry in the series <laughs> that's correct <laughs> mm. <laughs> maybe they already animated everything all at once in those three years that they started doing all of this because that would make sense i mean rather than probably yeah rather than having to take a break it is literally part one part two so it just makes sense to maybe take a week break and then get back to it <laughs> i think they announced uh at least the sequel i don't know about like a whole trilogy they announced it like right when the first one came out so i think they already they have their stuff together it's just crazy because it's like how can you these movies are so hard to explain the plot. So I know. that's just like, how do you come up with these ideas? A, in general, but B, like that that far in advance, you know, where you're yeah. like, all right, here's how we're going to spread these out. <laughs> I just don't know how these people do these multiverse stories because that's so much to keep track of. And especially in this film, when they say what you do in one of these has ripple effects to the others. So if like one of them falls down, then the rest of the web of these multiverses crumble too. Who has time to keep track of that? No, really. It's like, huh? What? (laughs) Oh, huh? Okay. (laughs) I did really like it based on just how visually exciting it was to watch. Mm. But I felt like there were definitely lulls. And I just felt like the film could have ended in four different spots. And I felt like they were gearing up for it. Like there was one part where my miles was swinging and the camera was like getting closer to his face. And it was like perfect ending shot. And then it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gwen, she met with her dad at the end. And as she was oh, ready yeah. to leave, she was saying something like, I'll be right back. And I thought, Oh, perfect ending. And then it kept going. It just like, I kept getting geared up and thinking that it would end. And then when it would keep going, I'd be like, oh, okay. Still a few more minutes left, I guess. Yeah, there's, as we've talked about, at least I think almost every episode at this point, there's no reason for movies to be over two hours. Yeah, you really got to <laughs> plead your case to me sometimes. I felt it with this one, unfortunately. I did too, but I, I think it is so fun to look at. Mm-hmm. And I am pretty invested in Miles and especially his family and Gwen, um, mm-hmm. that I'm not too mad about it. But I was, I was feeling, I was feeling the runtime for sure. If we can do a third film, hour 57, bam. Thumbs up. I just thumbs up. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You can win best picture, best animated feature, best actor, best actress, best screenplay, whatever you want. You got it. Yeah, the first movie was 117 minutes. So that's under two hours. Barely. That's That's literally hour 57. (laughs) shit <laughs> i'm onto something <laughs> but they always though with like any movie that has a sequel the sequel is always so much longer than the first movie it's gonna be like two and a half hours it's totally going to be yeah because they have first they have miles in the different dimension so he's got to get out of that one then gwen has to save him and then they have to go to the right dimension and then they have to stop spot like i'm i'm plotting this out in my head already <laughs> not to mention probably 5,000 different spider versions of the same character coming in to help. Oh my God, I'm exhausted for the animators. But they're going to give it to us and we'll be seated. Yes. (laughs) Do you think that this could win at the Oscars this year? Or do you think that, yeah, 
you think I think, you um, for sure. I don't think, I mean, what element elementals coming out mm -hmm. is not like the only, oh, there's one called wish another Disney movie coming out. Okay. Yeah. I could see that one. I don't know. I saw the trailer for that before Little Mermaid, so mm -hmm. it looks it looks good. I had no idea it was even existed, actually. I was like, what is this? Actually, you know what? There's a movie that's coming out this weekend, if not just came out, something about a Kraken story that I did not know existed until I watched a, the trailer for it ahead of Spider-Verse, and I was like, what uh. is this? <laughs> I don't know but I think um I think since this is getting such like positive reviews I can see it repeating it it's win and if it doesn't win with this one I'm sure obviously the third one will win so either it'll have a perfect streak or it's okay if you don't win the second one that's what you get for making it two hours and 15 minutes <laughs> that's what you get for making us have to sit through this long ass movie <laughs> but yeah I mean do you have any final thoughts on it any overall rating uh, I would say for my overall rating, this one gets a four out of five. I think the first one was a five out of five for me. So I'll say it was four out of five just because it wasn't the complete story, a little bit of a lull, but just so impressive and jaw-droppingly gorgeous. So yeah, love it. <laughs> we are literally not the same exact person. <laughs> Yeah, four out of five, and I gave the first one a five out of five, too. <laughs> oh, my God. When we come back, we're going to talk about some changes to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and Golden Globes. After many years of controversy with the Golden Globes and Hollywood, Foreign Press Association. A few changes are in store now because Dick Clark Productions and Todd Bowley's Eldridge have acquired the assets of the awards from the HFPA. So that organization will shudder and the Golden Globes will move into a new era. It's kind of big news. It is big news. And they're basically starting at the Golden Globe Foundation. Mm. And is the HFPA like done done? Yeah, so the HFPA okay, okay. has closed, and then this new company is going to keep going with the award show, and it's going to be part of the this new company, um, and they're going to continue the tradition of charitable giving, but I feel like a lot of things are basically up in the air in terms of what does this mean, in terms of like who's voting for the awards, because it was members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association before who were voting for the awards. And I don't think they've decided that yet. No, I don't think so either. I think it's just that was the initial announcement and that they're trying to stay a nonprofit, which can help them what with taxes and everything. Yes, actually. <laughs> and get money. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's It's an interesting way to rebrand the globes after they what just came back this past year after <laughs> a very long hiatus due to racism <laughs> yes yes covid and racism yeah there was mm. that one year where they were just announcing the winners on twitter and on their mm -hmm. website and i was like what a shitty year to be a golden globe winner <laughs> it was embarrassing because they I weren't even announcing the tweets weren't even no. in real time because I remember no. like like other Twitter accounts were tweeting the winners beforehand. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> they were always like two to five winners behind on their Twitter account, but at least somebody was keeping the website updated. And that was the year like when West Side Story was happening. So 
poor Rachel Zegler and Ariana Grande like getting the first and it's also basically like the first major award show of the season and it kicks kicks things off and there just really wasn't much fanfare that year at least in the beginning and then the SAG Awards kind of kicked it up a little bit of a notch so I don't know I I'm curious how they're gonna do all of this now yeah I mean I think I don't know this because it's never crossed my mind before so when they announced this I was like really and then I was like yeah I guess that makes sense Mm -hmm. because I mean, the end of the HFPA is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Like I said, this just hasn't really crossed my mind before as like this could be a solution for the Globes to continue forward. Because I feel like last year it was overall a success. People kind of yeah. forgot about the controversy and they kind of made an effort to diversify everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. I really, I, I think it'll be good for them overall though. Because I think if they drop that part of it and kind of rebrand and they can continue being the messiest night in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> they they literally are the most drunk you will see like Julia Roberts and George Clooney in one evening. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if they might change categories and stuff because they notoriously among the big award shows are the only ones that separate between comedy and drama musical, that kind of stuff with the, um, with the film awards, mm. obviously, when it comes to like the Emmys, they'll do the for the television stuff. But I know a lot of people always thought that it was weird that they did that for for movies. And they were like, well, why can't they just be in one big category? Which I mean, then why can't TV be in one big category? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of a fan of splitting up the genres only because I like that it helps set up the big players for the rest of the award season. I and agree comedies and musical oh yeah it's not maybe not musicals but comedies can be overlooked significantly Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think if they get a little bit of a boost you know and then we have like examples of like ladybird with saoirse ronan specifically in ladybird and things like that where you get more uh opportunity to see more than just the same five or six seven people in the same cycle come the gold the globes the sag awards critics choice of course oscars so i do like that it gives them there's more players in the Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't I think that's the what I'm trying to say. Yes. I I always thought it was weird how only the lead actor and actress categories mm-hmm. were split up and then supporting actor and supporting actress are like a free for all. I do not understand why they did it like that. No. I mean if anything like like I said I'm fine with it basically for this specific show. And I think mm-hmm. that's the critic's choice kind of does it too, but yeah. they have like horror and sci-fi and stuff. Yeah. But I think since it does kick off awards season most of the time, I'd like seeing who we're considering to be, you know, making it to the final stretch come the Oscars. Yeah, because last year, if I'm remembering correctly, we had Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh win for the two lead categories. Mm-hmm. Austin Butler and Colin Farrell win for those. Like, And all those people ended up going on to get Oscar nominations. Michelle won an Oscar, uh, and that just helps shape the race and yeah i don't mind it either i i I like the fact that there are more people with gold shiny things in their hands Mm -hmm. at the end of the day (laughs) where's our gold shiny things i know um i i just want amy poehler and tina fey to honestly host them continuously because they are my favorite golden globes hosts yeah agreed i think anyone that disagrees with that is wrong not not worth our time yeah But no, it'll be interesting to see. And like I said, since it does kind of always kick off award season, 
hopefully, honestly, at the very least, they could expand the supporting categories. I really wouldn't mind. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't mind even if they added, um, I mean, we've talked about this previously with the Academy Awards, like voice acting categories or stunt categories, things of that nature, just anything that actually encapsulates what is popular in media today rather than mm -hmm. just kind of sticking to the tradition. There's obviously nothing wrong with that, but if you're moving ahead in a world that is so technologically advanced with movies, why wouldn't you also want to honor those people as well? And also, if we keep uh, keep it the way it is, we can easily lock in Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling for a comedy for Barbie. Yes. <laughs> Weekly plug. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we are going to highlight our pop culture hits of the week. So, Kevin, what is your What's Poppin' moment of the week? I'm happy to say it. It is Selena Gomez. She is back from hiding. <laughs> <laughs> and yelling been... at someone at the Renaissance yes. tour. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, we, I guess we already talked about Selena, like, what, last week? Whatever. Yes. Doing it again. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> she's, she's been filming a movie in France. That's what that's why she's been over there. Oh, and I've been doing this entire time. What she she's was making um, a biopic, and it's all in Spanish, apparently. Oh, fuck. Yeah, she talked about it on TikTok or something. But uh, she also just teased that she's still recording her album in France while she's making this movie. And apparently she's working with Jordan Peele to develop a new series. So, and we love Jordan Peele. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think what Calm Down is like number three on Billboard right now. And I'm just like, <sighs> Selena just came out of like the woodwork and she's just up and running. And I'm so here for it. We both love Selena Gomez. And I think, you know, when she does... I mean, between rare beauty, between acting, and I think, like I said, if it is all in Spanish, if not at least some of it, that's pretty. That's a really big step to take in your acting career that mm -hmm. I I don't think we would have expected to see from her. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, she's having this song kind of say charting, and it's literally at its highest peak right now. So she just honestly just does it all and just does it really I quietly. <laughs> I know we love a humble queen like this, but in 2020, I think that's when Rare came out her last album. Mm. She has been just on top since then. That's when mm -hmm. she had Selena plus Chef, and she was the only person staying busy during the pandemic compared to the rest of us. No, no, really. <laughs> I think she launched Rare Beauty at that time, if mm -hmm. not, yeah, right around that period. She keeps having several seasons of the show, which I adore. I know you watch it too. Only Murders in the Building. She might be getting an Emmy nomination oh, yeah? this year for that for her she's really just really is doing it all and so she kind of just like goes into hiding and does things really privately and then when she starts teasing it's like oh you know something's coming and she's been working mm -hmm. on stuff so yeah i i forgot that selena was my last what's popping but i now that we have real content besides her just yelling at someone at beyonce which is also <laughs> iconic <laughs> um I'm, I'm i'm happy to see what is in store from miss gomez and what about you what is your what's popping moment of the week so we haven't talked about this yet, although we both really like this director. But Yorgos Lanthimos has a new movie coming out called Poor Things with Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Rami Youssef, like all of these great people. It looks like it's going to be a cool fucking campy time because it's basically Emma Stone kind of being like Bride of, the Fran Bride of Frankenstein, like mm -hmm. some creature being resurrected by 
Dr. Frankenstein, um, or whatever the person's name is. I don't, I don't know. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mary Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> and it just looks so funny and so sarcastic and full of dark humor, dry humor. I love Emma Stone, even though she shouldn't have won an Oscar the year she won an Oscar. But you know what? That's a conversation for a different day. Maybe we mm -hmm. can allow it at this point. Maybe we're okay past it. We'll talk. <laughs> she should give um, us. She should give us Corella too, like we talked about. She, that's she's, true. she's on. She's on good terms with us again. And it's the favorite. True. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Okay. You know what? She can keep it. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this just looks like a really insane film. Yorgos Lanthimos has given us the favorite. The lobster. Uh, Killing of a sacred deer. Yes, exactly. All of them have been really fucked up and really fun. And this one looks just as fucked up and fun. She slaps Mark Ruffalo in the face at one point, And it is the most funny pause. And him looking at the camera like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that scene so much. And I, yeah, I don't really know anything about this movie aside from what weird duck walk she makes in the beginning <laughs> of the trailer but it looks great i think i saw an interview she said that this is her favorite character or favorite movie she's ever done oh my god mm -hmm. i'm yeah i'm very excited i'm that's probably one of my most if not the most besides barbie <laughs> uh mm -hmm. anticipated movies of the year i would agree with that yes i don't know what other movies are coming out this year <laughs> besides <No>. those two <laughs> <laughs> well I think that wraps up another episode of Weekly Pop. We covered a lot of ground in this one and good for us. No, we really did. We went all <laughs> over. We went all across the Spider-Verse with this one. And into the Golden Globes and then back with Emma Stone at the end. And Selena Gomez. <laughs> Two mothers. <laughs> I'm Kevin Schwaller. And I'm Emma Sasek, and we will see you here next week. <laughs>